You're listening to the Before Midnight Podcast with your host, Felicia and Jessica. Grab your Bible and a cup of something warm. We're going to chat about making the most of the magically transformed lives we've been given. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so excited that you're joining us for another Christmas time episode, even though this one may not seem super Christmassy, mm-hmm. but I think it's a topic that actually comes about in our lives very strongly this time of year. I yes. know it does for me. Yes. And that is how to overcome chronic comparison. And I really like the term chronic comparison because I think we need to realize in our day, it's really a chronic problem. Like it's not oh, yeah. just, oh, I, I deal with it here and there. It's kind of something that takes over our entire mm-hmm. lives, it seems. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have honestly, I think, dealt with comparison my whole life to different <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> degrees. Um, when I was little, it was more about kind of more artificial stuff. Like, oh, what is, what kind of hair? And like, you know, when are they wearing makeup? Like that was a thing. Like people started wearing makeup and then you're like, oh, you know, that's cool and stuff like that. But then when you get older, I feel like it becomes more about like the timeline, like the anxiety of how, how fast am I moving in life, you know, with college and, you know, people having kids and everything. It's just like, kind of feels like this anxious rush work and exactly. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, I was dealing with pretty strong comparison and I think it was like kind of comparison jealousy. Um, and I had written something on Instagram and I want to read it. It's a little long, but I feel like it just kind of encapsulates the whole, all the thoughts I have about it. So this is what it says. Jealousy lies to us and tells us we aren't enough, smart enough, beautiful enough, funny enough, or strong enough. Without fail, your mind starts to get the comparison game. And as the other person becomes of such high quality in every way, you start to shrink down to nothing. You tell yourself you haven't quite made the cut. If we're not careful, we can even begin to view the other person as a rival. When we start lining ourselves up against another individual, we put ourselves in a state of competition against them. It's hard to love someone when you see them as the opponent. The silly thing about it all is there was no competition in the first place. When Jesus created us, he didn't create us to compete with one another, but in his eyes, we are all wonderfully equal. In his eyes, there is no one else more beautiful, valuable, or lovable than you. And whatever he sees is the absolute truth. And I think God created us all so uniquely so that we could be reminded that any comparison is done in vain. You have something incredible to offer to this world, just as the other person does. We're all different parts of one body and every part holds incredible importance. And I wrote that because I felt like when I would think about these people that I was comparing myself to, I would completely forget all the qualities that God's put in me. You know, I would forget that like I have a place in the body of Christ and it doesn't need to look like the place that they have, you know, like the personality, the stuff that they're good at, you know, and like the jobs that they have, like, oh, if I could just look like this and act like this. Mm -hmm. And um, I love this verse in first Corinthians because it talks about that almost to a T and it's in first Corinthians 12, 15 through 19. If the foot says I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange it would be if the body had only one part. (laughs) 
So I love that because God knows mm-hmm. that we're going to struggle with this. And he, yeah. it's like, doesn't that sound exactly <laughs> like how we feel sometimes? Absolutely. And I love that scripture, I think, came alive for a lot of us without realizing it in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know about you, but I've always read that scripture and been like, oh, yeah, I know I shouldn't want to be someone else, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know how many of you caught COVID, but the whole losing your sense of smell... <laughs> Like, oh my really? I mean, obviously, there's a lot worse things that can happen. It's not the end of the world. But what you realize is how much that affects your life. Like, yes. so much of your life and your mm-hmm. ability to enjoy food and then how much that affects your life and your mood and your happiness. And man, all you have to do is lose one of your senses or if you get like a hangnail and then every time something hits it, you're just like, oh, it's like, wow, I really value my thumb now. You know, it's just kind of like, we don't always realize how much we value these things until they're not working or they're hurting. And I think that just kind of makes that scripture come alive to me. Like, yeah, you know, I don't value these things very much until they're not working properly. I don't think so. I was one of those people that didn't lose. That was never an issue for me. I never lost my sense of smell and taste. But Brian, every single time he's gotten it. That's it. It's not your smell. It's your taste. Sorry. It's like, oh, because I've always heard it where if you can't smell, you can't taste. And I think there's a truth to that. If yeah. you like plug your nose yeah. and try to taste something, you can't really taste it. It's true. But with COVID, it was it was specifically like the taste mm-hmm. was gone. And, and then you realize how much you, you miss that. <laughs> so when I was thinking about comparison, it kind of made me think of when we're running a race and how that looks very different from like a relay race, you know, which I used to do when I was little a lot. And I always thought that was really fun. But I feel like it's healthy for us to think about our lives compared to others, more of a relay race and us all starting in the same part and wanting to get to the finish line the fastest. But instead, it's like in a relay race, you're sometimes holding the baton and sometimes running. And then other times you're waiting for somebody else. And that's, again, kind of the idea of a body functioning all together with different purposes instead of feeling the... um, anxiety of, oh, why are they ahead of me? You know, because you're not lined up against people in life. It's everybody happening. It's like a factory, like things happening one by one by one. I did relay racing one time in track and I was so bad. I was so bad at what, it. What were you bad at? Like, was it the like the handoff? Because that always made me no, so anxious. The handoff. The handoff. I was like, what? You just hand the baton. <laughs> well, what? if somebody is running by you super fast, I would always be afraid. Well, there is pressure. There's pressure. <laughs> There's pressure. You no, know, like, it was. I'm not a. Di- I'm not a um, sprinter. Okay. So that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Is I wasn't a sprinter. Oh yeah. I did actually um, hurdles and high jump. Those were my things in track. But then one time, wow. just out of pure necessity. Um, I had to be the last one. Why was I the last one? That was a horrible decision, but I was the last one in a relay and mm-hmm. oh, it was rough. But anyway, well, the high jump is impressive. I, I try to avoid that. I was so very kudos. good at high jump. I nice. was. I worked very hard <laughs> I on really that. I really want to see. Can we get like a high jump thing out here? Oh my, I don't know. <laughs> There is a form and mathematics to it. It is very intense. But yeah, I don't think you'd have enough running time. If yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> like, so I guess the, the moral of the story is Jessica was not good at team things. She was good at solo things. I would honestly probably say that about myself too. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, the only team thing I was good at is competitive cheerleading. But that's yeah. probably yeah. it. 
Yeah, everything I've done, I did a lot of sports. My dad was really good about trying to get me into sports and like see what I'm interested in and, you know, keep me active. But <laughs> I never liked the team stuff. And really? I think it was probably more about the competition of it, like the ending really? goal of like in basketball, you know, oh, the I competitions and get basketball. Oh, it was so bad. I was so bad. At oh, like this, I was on a swim team and it was like the wow. competition day. I was. Even at a young, as a young really? kid, I was like, I do not want to do this. You so. know, I think sometimes, though, it's really about finding your thing. Absolutely. You know, because yeah. I was the same way. I did basketball, soccer, track, like all these things. Mm-hmm. And I was so bad at being competitive. You yeah. know, like I was not competitive. And then I did competitive cheerleading. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, bring it on. Like yeah. I was, I was the most, com- I'm very competitive <laughs> Is that the person. name of the cheer movie? That is the <laughs> That is the name of that movie. That's not what I meant by that. <laughs> it just worked out it so is, well. I was like, I just need to clarify. It just worked out. It just worked out because that is a great name for those movies. But yes. you got to find your your thing, you and then I niche. think that competitive nature will kind of will kind of come out. You yeah, know? that might be it. Yeah, because I've always been one of those people. Like even with friends, like if if people become friends, and I notice they're like becoming friends closer i'm like all right i'm out it's like i hate like that feeling of competition we've had this this conversation before (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah. but i mean comparison so there's a fine line between competitiveness and comparison Mm -hmm. actually which is not something i even thought about before this me neither it is true like there is i i think a healthy thing to being competitive in certain ways absolutely um but then kind of balancing that with comparing and I think that's why it is so important for kids to experience things like sports Mm -hmm. and and um tournaments of any kind where they have to compete because not only do you need to learn how to kind of have a drive but then you need to learn when you lose how to not compare so harshly and be okay with you know if you did your best you know and so anyway Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting thing about comparison yeah, I wonder is. if there's like a correlation there, but there's got to be yeah. maybe another episode if we figure maybe it out. Another episode, we'll put on our sporting gear. Yeah, and yeah. We'll... <laughs> I might we'll need to that. borrow some because I don't own any. Oh, really? so, yeah. <laughs> Something that I find really interesting about comparison is Theodore Roosevelt shared, "Comparison is the thief of joy," mm-hmm. which I think we all know that term or that quote very well. Mm-hmm. But Nehemiah eight ten says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so if we kind of put those things together, I know the quote isn't scripture, but I think it's a very obvious truth Mm -hmm. that when, if comparison steals your joy and the joy of the Lord is your strength, then it's safe to say that comparison literally steals away the strength inside of you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but this is something that is so true for me. If I spend too much time, say on like social media or Instagram or, and it doesn't have to just be because I'm on those platforms, but when I'm doing that, comparing myself to other people, when I'm thinking about what they're doing and putting that pressure on myself to meet that same standard, I start to feel completely drained of energy. Like I don't yeah. even want to do anything. Like the motivation, my gone. motivation's gone. And you would think it would be stronger because now I've got all these ideas. But when I'm comparing myself to other people and putting these expectations on myself, it actually completely drains me. And I think that it makes so much sense when you think of it that way. And so mm-hmm. if that's the case, then I think we can look at comparison as less of just a, oh, it's just something I fall into and everyone does it. And it's just kind of a part of our society. And we take it from that and we move it into, no, this is actually a weapon of the enemy against us. Yes. Because if he can keep you 
distracted with what other people are doing. He can literally steal away your joy. He can literally steal away the strength that's on the inside of you. And then you're not much of a threat. You're not really doing much. You're not really inspiring people. You're not really going out there and, and being who you were called to be because you're just constantly like with a magnifying glass. He's just like going around going, Oh, nope, look here, look here. And then that's all you can see. Yeah. And, um, I think it's interesting how, like, uh, if you see in a lot of, um, movies where, uh, like this happens in a lot of different movies where the bad guys sometimes will be trying to uh, destroy the hero. Oh, and yeah, yeah. What happens a lot of times in some movies is what that looks like is they almost like suck the soul out of the person, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say what movies it is because I don't want to get judged for it, but there are some. Movies I know exactly what movie I'm thinking literally, about. It. <laughs> Yes. Literally, this happens in quite a few movies. All okay? I'm going to say is Prison Mike. That's all I'm going to say. Prison Mike? Prison Mike, yes. Oh, well, okay. There we go. Well, that's definitely a great example. But this happens in a lot of movies, oh, too. Okay, okay. Like, so, <laughs> But I find it so fascinating. Like, what is he doing? He's got their face, and he's just, like, sucking the life out of the person, the soul out of the person. Mm-hmm. And then we have our phones and we're comparing and it's almost like just like sucking the soul out of us and then we're done and we're like uh i'm done like i don't feel motivated i don't you know and what is that like that's not a normal thing Mm -hmm. that's not a normal thing it is the enemy and he's called the thief and i find it interesting because the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but the fact that they called him a thief is very interesting to me because a thief comes when you don't know it, right? Like a thief who comes and breaks into your house in the middle of the day when you're home and in the middle of your home, that's not a very smart thief, Mm -hmm. right? The Mm -hmm. point of a thief is to get in, get what's valuable to you and get out before you even realize it's gone. Yeah. And so when it says that comparison is a thief of joy, it's not like, oh, well, I understand it's happening. It insinuates that you don't even realize it's happening until it's too late. And then all of a sudden your strength is gone and you're like, what happened to me? Yeah. You know? And I think it's like, it's because he's using things that don't seem like a threat. Mm -hmm. We don't think, we don't, when we're scrolling on social media, we don't think that those things are a threat to us. But I was also thinking about social media because I feel like back in the day, everybody's always dealt with comparison. You know, it's always been an issue. But you think about people back in the day who really didn't see all of the options, who didn't see, you know, every single girl who was like... (laughs) Whoever walked the planet. (laughs) Whoever walked the planet. Yeah. Like they didn't see all the hair tutorials. They didn't see all everybody's homes that was being decorated. Like they saw, you know, like my parents talk about how they saw the show that they wanted to see one time at six o'clock at night. You know, it's like that kind of life where you're just seeing a couple things throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have the option 24 seven to be seeing all these people and what they're doing with their lives. And it's almost like the reason we get so worn down by it is because we have too many options. It's like, okay, well, I want to decorate my house like this. Oh, but I need to add this. Oh, now this is new idea. And it's the same in every category of life. Like I want to um, go on this date. Oh, but look at this fun thing. Look at this fun thing. And then you're like, I'm exhausted. I can't do all of this. And now I don't want to do any of it. That is such a good point. I've literally been dealing with that with my Christmas tree. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, I do too every I, It's year. actually right here. You can't see it. It looks really nice. Thank you. It's very basic right now because I don't have ornament hooks. Mine so. looks kind of similar to that. Like I oh, started really? the thing where it's just the same thing. I do like three different things and I like it. Yeah, it, it's nice. Yeah. But see what happened was I was like, well, how should I decorate? And so you start looking online and then there's this kind of tree, this kind of tree, this kind of decor, this kind of decor, this aesthetic, this aesthetic. And it's like, there were so many that I liked. Yeah. And it was hard. It's hard to be like, what am I going to do? And it just made me, it didn't make me more motivated. It made me want to like not do anything. And I still haven't actually decorated my tree. And so it doesn't actually produce like motivation. It just produced complacency. Yeah. It makes me think of uh, the story in um, Sleeping Beauty which is a fantastic story, by the way. It's one of my favorite fairy tales of all time because it is such a classic medieval fairy tale. Classic villain, Mm -hmm. classic hero, such a great story. But anyway, we all know this story. She pricks her finger on on the spinning wheel Mm -hmm. and goes into a, a cursed sleep. And so this quote from it really stuck out to me. The girl pricked her finger and began to feel strangely faint. And basically what I saw with that is you know, we prick our fingers on the allure of what someone else has or what someone else does or what someone else is. And we fall into a sort of daze, like we've been talking about no strength, no motivation, and we're just incapacitated and unconcerned with what's going on around us. Mm -hmm. And if the enemy can't keep you from becoming a Christian, right, then he'll get you to be a non-threatening Christian, right? Yeah. Someone who's kind of incapacitated and just unconcerned kind of like you're on tranquilizers just yeah it's fine it's whatever it's okay it's it's fine you Mm -hmm. know and I think that one way he does that I'm sure there are several but one way in this episode is through comparison and and just watch like I sometimes catch myself when I'm scrolling or because there's nothing wrong with like Instagram itself or social media itself. You know, yeah. sometimes I get a lot of great ideas on it. Yeah. But then I, I kind of notice a shift when I'm starting to just mindlessly scroll or I start going through someone's feed and I start feeling overwhelmed. Like, why am I not yeah. doing all this? And mm-hmm. and then I start to feel like a panic mm-hmm. and I start to feel drained. And it's interesting to notice when that happens and be like, oh, wow, what am I doing right now? Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever felt like so I don't know about you but as a kid whenever I would become interested in something whether it was like I don't know all the things I'm interested in psychology or decorating as a kid yes I think I started becoming interested in that maybe when I was like 12 or 13 oh my goodness wow um like music writing music but whenever Mm. I'd get into something and start going down that path that's when you notice all the other people who are doing it yes just like when you buy a car you're interested in a car Right when you become interested in a car, you start seeing those on the road, right? It's like the same thing. And whenever that would happen to me, I would become so unmotivated and I would be like, oh, well, I can't do that anymore. There's too many people doing it. Too many people already doing it. How will I possibly succeed? And it's like, if we believe that a smart God created us, then we should know that he created us all differently. He didn't create duplicates. And so, yes, there's a million people who decorate. There's a million people who are counselors and who write music. But if we believe that God's put something unique in us, then we shouldn't be afraid to step out into that purpose because we're going to fill that gap somewhere in life. And I think that's such a common thing that we deal with is that comparison of, oh, well, I, you know, there's a million people doing this right now. Should I even try? 
So often in our life, I feel like this feeling of discontentment comes up. And I was thinking about comparison and thinking about how there's been certain people and not always in my life, but just seeing other people's lives who make people feel like they're never meeting up to something and they're never meeting a standard. And um, it could be like, your parents who you're always getting really good grades and doing all these extra things after school, but it never seems to be enough. And thankfully my parents are never like that, but I've seen that before in people's lives. Or it could be like a coworker, you do a project and you're very happy with it and they only have negative stuff to point out. And I was almost thinking about how maybe we do this with God sometimes where we're looking at the lives of other people And it always is like, I wish I had that. And it's this discontentment. And God is us in that situation being like, why is it never enough? Like, you know, I've given you this, I've given you that. And it's like never feeling like satisfying. And it kind of like, yeah, I guess it is like we are looking to God and wondering why we don't have this house or why we're not married yet or all these things when we have so much that God's provided Mm -hmm. for us. So true. If we did that to our husbands all the time, if we were always like, man, so-and-so's husband did this for her and took her on this trip and brought, you know, cooked her this meal. And it's like, if we were always pointing out, like, I don't think that would really make our husbands want to do more for us. Yeah, that is true. You know, I can tell you if Jeff did that to me, it certainly wouldn't make me want to feel more generous. And so it is interesting like that the enemy wants to take away our sense of contentment because Mm -hmm. it's such a godly attribute. And, um, yeah, I find that very interesting. Yeah. And so I was thinking like, you know, what's the solution to that feeling? Mm -hmm. And I feel like what I was thinking about, and this was so random and I was like, God, how does this fit in? But then I realized, so I was thinking about when Brian and I first met and it was at my sister's wedding. Um, and right. It's a very juicy story, by the way. <laughs> it's a juicy story. I won't get to all the juicy, but I, I actually am going to like talk about some stuff right now. So basically, I had just gotten out of a long relationship a couple months before that wedding, and I would have brought that person to the wedding. Wow. He had also stopped talking to somebody that he was talking to, and then also, like I think I invited a couple friends to the wedding as well, and they couldn't come. And I look back now, and I'm like, man... If any of those things had happened, if I was with somebody, if he was with somebody, or if my friends were there and I was distracted by that, I don't think Brian and I would have actually started talking and we probably wouldn't have hung out as long as we were wow. for that night, which is really amazing, honestly. But what I realized is that when I look back, I see the hand of God in that situation because if anything was just a little different, I don't know if stuff would have worked out the way it did. And I noticed that in life, you can look back at all the times that God was moving in your life and his hand was in it. And that kind of gives you this peace and knowing that, Mm. wow, okay, if God is working in my life and he knows the timing and he knows the people I'm supposed to meet, it takes away the anxiety of comparing yourself to others' life and thinking you're supposed to be on that timeline. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It says in scripture that all our days are written in his book. Mm, And even though we have a choice as to whether or not we're going to follow that story that's written for us, you know, we have free will and we can choose what we wish, Mm -hmm. but there is a plan. There is a story that's written for us and it's full of these amazing, beautiful things. And if we're so distracted, 
like we said with the the enemy with the magnifying glass of nope look over here look over here Mm -hmm. imagine what we could be missing we could be missing you know the greatest love of our life we could be missing job opportunities we could be missing you know buying a house or we could be missing vacations or we could be missing all kinds of things you know there's so much waiting for us but Mm -hmm. if we distract ourselves so much by other people's stories we won't be able to live our own exactly yeah Okay, so some lasting thoughts to remember about comparison. And the first one is to remember that we are comparing our messy insides to other people's filtered outsides. Mm -hmm. You know, when we look on, you know, say Instagram, you know, that kind of tends to be the thing. I spend so much time on it, so that's what it comes out. I spend a lot of time (laughs) on it as well. And it's not an evil platform, it's just, yeah. It's just one of those things that I think the enemy is using a lot. Mm -hmm. And so when you're on Instagram or you're on Facebook or you're even looking at a coworker at work, it's like what you're looking at is what that person chose to put out into the world, right? They chose those photos. They chose that post. They chose that video. They chose that outfit for the day, right? Like they chose all of these things because they thought this would represent them well in the world. But what we do with comparison is we compare that to our worst day, Mm -hmm. our moments that we don't post about. You know, we compare her one perfect photo to the 20 that we took that didn't work out. And we forget that there's probably 20 that didn't work out for her. Or there's, you know, bad hair days. Or there's, you know, parts of her life that she's not sharing because they don't represent what she wants to put out in the world. And so Mm -hmm. it's really important to remember that when we compare, it's not a fair comparison. You know, if you're going to compare, at least compare fairly. (laughs) Don't compare. But... But it's very much an unfair comparison when you think about it because, you know, when I'm comparing myself to someone else, I'm not comparing her best photo to my best photo. You know, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not comparing her meal to like the best meal I've ever made. You know, I'm comparing like the night that I was too busy to cook Mm -hmm. to this home-cooked meal that she probably spent like, you know, a couple hours building a reel for and maybe they ate it, maybe they didn't, you know, it's like, that's what we're comparing. And it's not a fair comparison. Yeah. And I like that you said the thing about people at work too. Yeah. Because I, I do the same thing. I dress up nice for work. Yes. And then the moment I get home, I put on stretchy pants. It's all going off. (laughs) It's It's completely different. You know, an hour later, I look like kind of a different person. Long stocking. (laughs) I look like a different person. So it is good to remember that like all those girls, are doing the same exact thing. Oh my gosh. You know, and like, I'm not going to post a picture when I'm looking like, you know, dead and exhausted and stuff like that. So it's such a good point. It's true. The photos I post have been particularly chosen Mm -hmm. and edited in the best way. Exactly. And I even learned how to like, you know, Photoshop's amazing. I actually know how to take off blemishes and acne in Photoshop and I know Mm -hmm. how to whiten teeth. I know Mm -hmm. how to like work on complexion. I don't do a lot of that on my own photos because I can't do it on a phone. But, you know, there's a lot you can do. You'd be really surprised, Mm -hmm. you know, if we were to actually see people's real photos. And then then also sometimes people have a husband who's a really talented photographer and then they take their photos, you know, and it's like, you just don't know. But then you don't know the other parts of their life that they're not sharing. You don't know their secret struggles. You don't know the sins that they keep hidden. You don't know the things that they've been believing God for for years that still haven't happened. Mm -hmm. And they're trying not to get bitter. Like, you don't 
know the dark corners of their soul. And so I think it's really important that when we deal with comparison, that we stop looking at people as things, as idols that we put up on a pedestal that we need to come up to. And we start looking at them as, as people who really deal with the same struggles that we do sometimes and maybe some that we don't and they would gladly trade with you maybe if they could you know sometimes absolutely yeah I think that's why it's so important to be able to have a level of vulnerability with people you know because everybody is struggling in some way and when we put ourselves out there and we are vulnerable and we tell people our struggles, it creates that community that honestly is just hard to build unless you're willing to be like a little bit more real with people, you know, and that doesn't come all at once, but that's why it's so important to have those friendships and even at work or wherever you are, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, they're going through the same thing. It kind of gives you that motivation. Like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. You know, everybody <laughs> around me is real. Like they're, it's just yeah. completely different when you look at life that it's way. It's so true. And yeah. it really brings everyone onto the same level, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's easy even in like work, you know, it's like yeah. there's a hierarchy of people and sometimes yes. it's easy to be nervous around certain people cause they're so high up and sometimes people, oh, yeah not only are nervous around them, but they compare their se- themselves to them. And then they're usually super judgmental because you're usually, you're usually really judgmental of the people you compare yourself to. And then you really, at the end of the day, we just have to realize like you get into a conversation with them and you find out that, you know, they kind of go through some of the same struggles that you go through or, mm-hmm. you know, and it's I just, love that feeling. Like when that happens, you, you love finding out <laughs> other people are struggling. <laughs> But when you're like, when you're looking up to somebody so much and then they kind of have that moment of reality with yeah, you, it's like, like a human, it's like a human side comes out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't want to get too much into work, but there was somebody <laughs> just recently that taught on like how to do an interview at work. And they mentioned one of the things they like doing is they'll ask a question to that person. Like, so what's your weakness? Like when they're interviewing someone for a job? Yeah. Okay. And they'll be like, what's your weakness? And they'll be like, as an example, one of my weaknesses is... And so it gives that person time to mm. think, you know, but yeah. it also creates that level of transparency where that person can feel like they're a little bit more real. I love yes. that. I want to like, how can I do that in life more and not an yeah. interview setting? You just go around, here's where I struggle. <laughs> yeah. Here's how I sin today. <laughs> here's how I sin today. That's fantastic. Yeah. Life lessons <laughs> with Jess and Felicia. The last thing that I think it's important to realize about comparison is that joy is a choice and it does reside on the inside of us. And so earlier when I talked about how comparison is a thief of joy and the joy of the Lord is your strength, it's important to remember that even when we do get into comparison and we kind of let it steal our joy, it's not like your joy is actually stolen, right? It's more the emotion of joy and happiness and contentment that's been taken away from us in that moment. But joy is a fruit of the spirit. And so it's inside of your spirit and your spirit is sealed. The enemy cannot touch it. Mm -hmm. And so anytime that we feel that we're missing out on joy or we've allowed the enemy to kind of distract us for a while, Mm -hmm. we always have the choice to choose joy and to choose to stir ourselves up and to bring back that joy into our lives because joy is not the same thing as happiness, right? It's not dependent on our circumstances looking exactly the way we think they need to look. Um, it's, it's a fruit of the spirit. It's something that's on the inside of us. And so one thing I encourage people to do, this is something that I do as well, is to create a playlist and fill it 
full of um, podcasts. Wait, no, sorry. Wait, <laughs> this is a podcast. You could put podcast episodes on there too, <laughs> but fill it full of, of songs mm-hmm. and worship songs that really just get you. You know what I mean? Like there's some songs where you listen to it and you're like, Ugh, whatever, this song is so five years ago. And then there's other songs where you're just immediately in tears, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they just, absolutely. they touch you in your soul mm-hmm. and they, they make you feel like whatever problem you're facing, man, why am I even worried about it? And so I encourage you to create a playlist and just have those songs on hand so that whenever you do feel like things are kind of dragging you down and you feel like you don't have a lot of strength mm-hmm. to play those, those songs and to stir yourself up and to stir that joy that's on the inside of you, because it's always available for us. Yeah, I think that was a huge game changer for me um, when I started to learn more about that because I think there are a lot of teachers in Christianity that don't point out the fact that we do have joy and we do have all these provisions from God. You know, they teach more of that saved and stuck (laughs) ideology (laughs) where it's like you're going to heaven, but until then, you know, good luck, hope for the best, (laughs) pray hard. It's like, so I, I think I used to have that thought. I didn't realize that the joy of the Lord, that the peace of the Lord was in me at all times. Like Jesus, before he left, he said to his disciples, peace I leave with you. And Mm -hmm. that's true for every fruit of the spirit. It's already inside of us. And so it kind of gives you that peace and peace (laughs) and knowing that you already have that there. It's just about cultivating it instead of trying to pray it down. Exactly. You can't mess up enough to where you've ruined your your joy meter or exactly. you ruin your peace meter and you're just a bad person and you just have to suffer the consequences. It's like, mm-hmm. there's no such thing. Yeah. It's never too late as a Christian and yeah. even non-Christians, you know, there's hope in Jesus and he's Absolutely. right there and he's always, always right there. And so yep. it's such a beautiful thing to know that he's not looking at you like, my gosh, could you please stop already? Like how many times is this? You know, mm-hmm. he's right there with joy. He's right there with peace. He's right there with love. And he's just looking at you like you're the most interesting thing in the world. Nothing on social media is distracting him. And he is just yeah. like, I am waiting for you to just look at me and I've got amazing plans for you. I just oh, want to I talk love to that. you. You're yeah. amazing and I love you. It's just like in Sleeping Beauty, you know, what woke her up was true love's kiss. And mm. that was exactly what Jesus did for us. He didn't expect us to wake up and get our lives together and make it better, right? Like he came down to us while we were still in our cursed state. And he kissed us. He brought yeah. us true love, brought us back to life. And then is inviting us into this amazing adventure. And so when it comes to comparison, I think really just shifting our focus over onto the one who loves us so much and has such amazing things in store for us Mm -hmm. is really going to change the way that we see other people. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, then please subscribe to this podcast so you can catch all of our amazing Christmas episodes that are coming up this month. And if there's anybody in your life you feel like you chronically compare yourself to, you could share this with them. (laughs) We'll see you next time.